magnify his name. Come on, magnify his name with me. Jesus. Just like King David said, magnify the Lord with me. Lord, right now we magnify you. We make you bigger, God. We make you bigger, God, than our pain or our problems or we make you bigger than the deficits we're facing. We make you bigger than the, than the diseases we're, we're taunted with. We make you bigger, God. We exalt your name, Jesus. As we were worshiping, I just heard the Lord say, many people in this room, I, I was praying it for myself, but I just heard just a specific thing from the Holy Spirit that, that if you would exalt his name right now in your situation, that he would actually impart supernatural wisdom to you. Some of you in this room need wisdom. You're facing things that you don't have ideas how to control or how to handle or how to lead or how to direct. God says, I want to give you supernatural wisdom today. Or we exalt your name. You've already exalted it above the heavens. We think that you've exalted your word even above your name. Meaning that what you say is who you are. We thank you that every word, every promise that you say, you you are that and so we receive you today we exalt you today bigger than every single thing that we think is too big to handle and we we i just pray a divine impartation just as just the holy spirit giving wisdom if you're in this place and you you need some wisdom for a scenario or a situation maybe you're trying to raise kids and Maybe someone's wayward, or maybe it's a, a marriage relationship, or maybe it's a friend that's facing suicide or depression, or maybe it's yourself facing a, a, a turn or a change or a transition. Um, maybe you're trying to decide between a job or a company, or you're trying to decide between a location. I don't know. All different scenarios right now. I just pray supernatural wisdom into your life right now. Holy Spirit, give them wisdom by your word. We exalt you, Jesus. You are wisdom. You are higher than man's wisdom you were crucified as man on the cross crucifying man's wisdom and we thank you giving us God's wisdom today in Jesus mighty name we love you and we need you Jesus we exalt your name come on let's exalt his name just one more second together we love you father we thank you for wisdom in this place in Jesus name if you receive that and believe that say amen man come on it is good to be in God's house this morning with you uh, man, what an honor. It's summertime. Look at somebody before you sit down and say, it's still summer. Oh, goodness. I just, as I was worshiping, I just heard the Lord say that. I need wisdom for myself. I received that for me. And as I was receiving that for me, he said, that's not just for you. Come on, sometimes we think it's just for us, don't we? And uh, he said, that's for everybody. That's for people in this place that need wisdom today. And, and uh, it's interesting that Jesus was all man and uh, crucified mankind's wisdom on that cross, uh, showing us that we need God's wisdom and we need God's direction. And so it is good to be in the house of God with you and, and open up the word today and get some wisdom from God's word. Uh, we've had an amazing summer. If you're a guest with us, thank you so much for hanging out already. Uh, hope you've been greeted. Come on, let's give it. Yeah, welcome our guest today. Uh, my name's Jamie. I'm one of the pastors here, and, uh, and it is just an honor to lead uh, an amazing church with you guys. And um, We have seen so many things happen. I just want to say this. Um, this summer's already been a huge summer. We, two weeks ago, uh, we had student takeover where we had five of our students preach the gospel up here, and uh, they killed it. And, 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 we, and we had 29 people give their life to Christ in that service with our students preaching. That blew, that, that blew me away. 
And, and then last week, we had kids take over. We had, we had 100 plus kids at our kids camp uh, last week. And so, come on. I, that's, thank you for, for hosting and for teaming up. I think for the first time, it really, I want to say this. I think I've been pastoring here 11 years, and I'm more excited about where we are as a church right now than I ever have been. And, and I'm seeing more of a unity and more of a family and more of an army raise up right now than I ever have in the midst of our church. And our staff feels it. I think you feel it. And, and even just looking at our kids blast, it wasn't just the kids team. We had, we had youth and we had kids and we had adults and we had new people. And it was like this whole family serving the kids of our community. And it's amazing to see God building his church here. And uh, I'm humbled that I'm a part of it. And so uh, we had kids blast Sunday. And this last Sunday, we had uh, 20 people say yes to Jesus last Sunday. In two weeks, let me just say this. In two weeks, 49 people saying yes to Jesus. If, if you have any question that this should be the church for you, there's your answer. Because I promise you, whatever church you've been in, and I'm not knocking churches, but I know that you, you, I mean, there's some great, amazing churches. I've got some great buddies that pastor in this city. But if the churches that you come from and you're trying to still figure out if this is the place for you, if the places you came from aren't having 20 people and 10 people and five people saved and giving their life to Christ every week, that's not the place. I'm not, I, listen, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not, I got buddies right down the street. My good friend, City Hills Church. I'm not touting our church. My good friend, Brandon Shanks, City Hills Church. They're taking over an amazing facility over off Paper Mill. Uh, I've called, listen, this is not a competition thing. I called Brandon up the day that building became available and said, that's your building. You need to get it. It's a 60,000 foot building. It's got a football field inside. Brandon's preaching the gospel. Lives are getting saved. People are turning to Christ every week. There's life there. I'm just saying, if, you know, there's places with life life in them I got another buddy in Strawberry Plains pastor and there's great churches all around this community right here that many of you know of and there's great life in those places get in a place where there's life I'm just I'm just looking uh, uh, hopefully this is the place but if it's not I got great people that have life in their churches that I'd love to let you be a part of and share that with you and I just I just want to encourage you um, God is is moving and there's life in this place and so I think you found home in Jesus' name. <laughs> but I'm, I'm kind of biased. <laughs> uh, summer's not over. And so we, we have this Saturday a big serve day. We're going out into the community as a church and, and serving people. We do it every year. Uh, we do two or three a year. But this is a big summer focus. And I would encourage you, if you're not on one of our serve teams or you're not uh, signed up for serve day, we're a part of something called ARC, A-R-C. It stands for Association of Related Churches. It's a church planting organization. It's not a denomination. And um, they help plant churches. There's about 900 plus churches now in the United States, a part of that. So this Saturday, there'll be 900 plus churches internationally going out and serving their communities. So how cool is it that we get to be a part of something that's thousands of times bigger than us? And so I want to encourage you, if you're not signed up for that, man, go to our connection area today and get signed up for that. I'm going to talk about that really today. I'm going to just kind of share my heart on reaching people. But so we got a huge serve day. And then this next Sunday is a baptism Sunday. And so if you maybe have made a decision for Christ in the last couple months or the last year or the last day, I don't know. Um, but you said yes in your heart to God, to Christ. Maybe today's your day for that. Say yes to God. Um, this next week we have water baptism, which is a, a public celebration of your private decision with Christ. So your decision with Christ 
Christ is private. It's your own heart. But your, but your faith is made public, going public in, in baptism and saying, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus. And so we got a lot of people doing that next week. We'd love to have you sign up for that. You can go to a connection area. And then lastly, uh, the end of this summer, we have a team going to Cuba on a missions trip. And so I'm going to be a part of that team. So pray hard, please, God. Because I don't like missions <laughs> and camping. No, I'm kidding. I love missions. <laughs> I don't like camping. I don't like roughing it. I'm a glamping guy. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I like comfort, you know. So just pray for me. We're in Cuba. I'm taking my boys. First time they've ever been on a mission trip. So we're going to communist Cuba there. So just pray that God continues to work out all the things he needs to work out for that trip. Uh, I want to share the heart of God a little bit for reaching lost people um, today. We're moving into September, uh, August, September. That's the biggest harvest season in the natural. It's also the the biggest harvest season in the spiritual. And so I want to get us kind of ready for that. And I want to get us ready for this weekend going out and reaching people. And uh, I I just think that that the heart of God is to reach lost people. Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. And so the, our church is really about that. Like, like you might say, well, what is there in it for me? What is it? We're not really about catering to the 99. We're just not. We're about reaching the one. We're about reaching the lost. We were all that one at one point in time. And so, so our flavor, our style, you know, I, I'm bringing back the 90s today. It's all right. You know what I'm saying? So, so I mean, it's just, we're, we're, it, we just want to reach the lost. And I think that's the heart of God. And, and I, I would say this, um, no one else is coming. No one else is coming to your neighbors. No one else is coming to the business down the street. No one else is coming to Cedar Bluff. No, no, no. The church has the keys to the kingdom. And Jesus said, this is my heart. This is my mission. And nobody else. We're the ones that God's calling to show up. And if we aren't showing up, then, then it's, it's trouble. I mean, no, the earth, we know the state of the planet. And so I want to challenge myself and challenge you to be the ones that God sends. And uh, we're going to look at some verses and. I'm going to pray with you. Uh, Matthew 22, 8 through 10. If you're a guest with us each week, we open up the Bible and we gather around the Word of God, which we believe is Jesus. Jesus is the Word. And uh, we don't gather really around principles or, or, uh, or really theories. We gather around a person named Jesus who's alive, who's in this place, whose name we exalt and who speaks and is well today, uh, living through us by the Holy Spirit. And so uh, we, we believe that lives are changed when we get into Him and His Word. So look at his word with me. This is in the message translation, Matthew 22, 8 through 10. Then he told his servants, we have a wedding banquet all prepared, but no guests. The ones I invited weren't up to it. Go out into the busiest intersections in town and invite anyone you find to the banquet. The servants went out on the streets and rounded up everyone they laid eyes on, good and bad, regardless. So the banquet was on, every place filled. My title today is Umbrellas, Ice Cream Cones, and Redbirds Baseball. Come on, let's pray. (laughs) Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it never changes, but it changes us. Thank you that you've given us the mission, that your heart's for lost people, that your heart's for humanity, and that you've entrusted to the church, to us, your people, your sons and daughters who've been introduced to you and received you, come alive in you. You've given us the, the awesome privilege of going and reaching and loving and leading people and introducing people to you we love you god uh just direct our heart today and show us your heart in jesus name amen Amen. you ever ever had one of those days that like just kind of marks you and 
you can't forget it for a long time like maybe it was one of like a bad bad day or a good good day maybe just this day was a really bad bad day for me I was 10 years old come on I cannot forget it and some of y'all remember your worst 10 year old moment some of y'all have some memories right now like remember the worst 10 year old nightmare like showing up to school naked that was like the worst nightmare you could have you know I don't know what that dream means come on Jake's a psychologist you can tell me but I, but 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 I mean but I, you know I mean just just this day uh, was one of those days my family had planned to go to a Redbirds baseball game I'm from Louisville Kentucky and so that was the minor league pro team in the town we were going to that game and uh, before we went to the game we were going to stop and get ice cream at Baskin and Robbins come on somebody 10 year old chubby kid Baskin and Robbins yes and amen getting the bubblegum flavor come on you know how that i mean you get to chew gum you get to eat ice cream it turns different colors anybody bubblegum flavor people yeah it's like a triple treat in one i mean it's amazing right and so we were going there but for some reason before we left i was in the foyer of the house it wasn't even raining but for some reason i got an umbrella and i opened an umbrella up in my dad's house and i'm not superstitious i wasn't then i'm sure not now but for some reason everyone panicked around me like no don't open the umbrella inside i was like all right i thought i'm gonna am i gonna die what's going on shut the umbrella put it back in the thing like let's go go to baskin and robbins got a double scoop of uh, of, <laughs> of bubblegum ice cream on the top of my cone i'm all excited the next thing that happens bloop, bloop, just drop both scoops on the floor i'm like oh my gosh, I'm still scarred from it. It still hurts. I tried to pick it up and get it off the floor. Dad said, come on, Chubby. You ain't eating that. You're coming to the game. We are late. Quit crying. You know, so I quit crying. And uh, we got to the game. And I'm at the game still probably distracted by not getting the ice cream. I'm kind of upset. And, and I don't know what happens. I just look up and everyone's gone. Like, I don't know. I mean, they, I must have, like, just been still dreaming about bubblegum ice cream. I turned down the wrong aisle, or I went in the wrong section. There's thousands of people at this Redbirds baseball game. And I look up, and, my, and I'm thinking, like, what's going on? I'm like, man, I opened the umbrella. Oh, my God. I'm going to be lost. I'm a milk carton kid now. I mean, that's, I shouldn't, that wasn't appropriate. It came out. So I said, ooh. Father, just pray for me in Jesus' name. <laughs> I just, but I mean, seriously, I mean, you know all the thoughts that go through your head, like it's over, right? And then, so I'm scared, I'm panicking, <laughs> the, lip, the lips quivering, <laughs> and I'm 10 years old, and no one's around, my family's gone, everybody's walking by me, they got their corn dogs, and their hot dogs, and all their stuff, and their slushies, and their ice creams, and all that. <laughs> and this one little lady stops and looks at me and says, son, are you okay? I'm like, what gave it away? <laughs> Are you all right? I'm like, no, I'm not okay. She's like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. I can remember it like it was yesterday. She's like, it's going to be okay. I'm going to get you. I can take you to a place. You're going to be, I got it. There's a safe place I can take you to. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. She began to calm me. She began to calm my heart. She said, listen, I gotta, I'm going to take you there. You can trust me it's fine uh, you go down here it's the headquarters it's the lounge whatever it is it, it's, it's part of the Redbirds facility and they'll take care of it and they'll get you to where you need to go I'm like okay yes ma'am she grabs my hand she didn't begin to grab my hand and try to make me show who my father was 
She didn't get me to try to explain to her where, where I got lost and what happened. There was thousands of people. She didn't begin to try to chastise me and ridicule me for taking a wrong turn or not paying attention. She didn't say, man, I can't believe, you know, you need to pay more attention. She didn't ignore me. She didn't ignore my tears. She didn't ignore this little boy standing in the middle of the crowd, devastated. She took me and said, I'm going to get you to a safe place. They took me into this little room and uh, they put me down in this nice little chair. They had air conditioning, they had a little t game on the TV. Gave me a little bit of water, no ice cream, but gave me some water. They said, it's going to be okay. The people in there said, it's okay. They began to ask me my name and ask me my father's name. They said, okay. And they got on a loudspeaker and they said, we've got this speaker. What's your name? And they began to announce my name and my father's name over the loudspeaker until he came and claimed me. They kept me safe. They kept me secure. They didn't chastise me. They didn't say, man, you shouldn't do this in the stadium. You shouldn't get lost. They didn't, they didn't ridicule me. They just said, we're going to keep you safe until dad gets here. And we're going to call your name out over the loudspeaker until your father comes and claims you. When my father walked in, they didn't make me prove that I deserved to be his kid. They didn't make me show identity. They didn't make me show that I deserved or was worthy to be his child. They didn't even make my dad prove that I was his kid. They saw by the reaction of us reuniting and coming together that that was family. And they put me into his arms and I went away the rest of my day. Isn't that the church? Aren't we supposed to be the lady out in the crowd looking for lost kids, crying? Who've been, who've been devastated and who are lost in the crowd of humanity and we're the ones going out going, are you okay? Are you safe? Not ignoring people with tears and hurt and pain, just walking by them going, hey, I know a safe place I can get you to. Not out there trying to ridicule and tell people that why they got lost and what'd you do and what kind of sin are you in and I can't believe this is how you live and why you live that way and trying to figure out what their dad looks like and who their God is and who they're, and what do you do? No, not any of that going, hey, 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 it's gonna be okay. I got a safe place. It's called, they're called the church I can get you to. But can I tell you, a lot of churches aren't safe places. A lot of them aren't safe places where people can be taken to and not ridiculed and not judged and not chastised and not rebuked and not, not come down on and, and, and not being perfect, but just, you know what, just a safe place where people can come in and us, the church, are called to say, you know what, i got a place you can go and hey, what's your name? I'm going to call it out over the loudspeaker until heaven hears my prayers. And we as a church are going to call the Father and call your name out and believe that God, your Father, is going to come in and find you and rescue you and love you. And there's going to be this uniting and this, this reunion between you and God. That's who we are. That, that's why we're going out on an ark serve day on a Saturday just to say, hey, I know a safe place. Are you okay? How are you? Like, we're going to give you some gas. We're going to wash your windshield. We're going to clean up your yard. But besides all that are you okay we're we're not going to ignore you we're not going to walk by you we're not going to leave you stranded in the crowd of chaos with tears in your eyes and humanity has opened up the umbrella dropped their ice cream and stuck paralyzed in chaos out there so we've all been there and I think this is a safe place. I think, I think this is a safe house. I mean, you see the movies. Come on. The FBI and the CIA have safe houses. Come on, all the, all the cool movies. And what do they do? They get the witnesses to the safe house because the enemy's trying to kill them. And that's the church, a safe house. We're called to get people that'll testify against the devil one day to a safe place before he can kill them. Because the devil's trying to kill people because they're going to testify against him one day. So his mission is to destroy their families and destroy their lives. And we're called to get them into a safe place and just say, hey, I know a place you can go. Hey, are you, are you, are you okay? And 
That's the heart of Jesus. I want to share a couple uh, parables with you just about Jesus' heart on this. And I, I would encourage you, we don't have anything else to do except give people a safe place and introduce them to God and pray for them and tell them who, who, who God is. And hey, I got a, a family that you could be a part of. This is what Jesus says in Luke 15. This is in the message. I love this beginning verse. This is what kind of triggers Jesus. In, in verse 3, I'm not going to read it to you right here, but in verse 3, he, he's actually triggered, um, and, and he begins to tell a parable because he's triggered at the Pharisees, the religious leaders. It says this, 1 through 3. By this time, a lot of men and women of doubtful reputation were hanging around Jesus, listening intently. Come on, I love it. The Pharisees and religious scholars were not pleased not at all pleased they growled come on how many how many churches growl at lost people how many christians growl at lost people how many people you growling at that you that, that aren't like you how many people that you think well their sin isn't my sin and i don't know about that and i don't know if they can and just just here's the pharisees growling he says this about jesus he takes in sinners and eats meals with them treating them like old friends i love it man Come on, here, here, listen to me. You know how much Pharisee you have in you by how uncomfortable you are around people with doubtful reputations. We've, tur we've turned church into a sanitized country club, man. Well, I just don't know. Like we, we, and it, everything's cool until, until you, you're praying for lost people until you have to live with them. Give us the lost. Oh, my God, don't get them around my students and my kids. Did you see that in the youth ministry, those kids, that they were doing that? Come on, if we're going to have lost kids, that's what they do. They smoke dope. They have sex before marriage. They, try, you know, they, 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 they go out. They fight. I got a buddy who's a youth pastor in Michigan. He's got to have leaders in referee jerseys surrounding the perimeter because kids are sneaking off, getting high, and trying to have sex in the woods. Come on, somebody. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that we're not cheering that on, but that's what the world does. And we've so sanitized this message and so separated ourselves from humanity that we think that we, we, we're not reaching them. We're not loving them. We're not, we're not mixed up with them. We love, we, we love you, but don't live around us. We love you, but don't talk like that in front of me. We love you, but don't, don't smoke that in front of me. Jesus is at the party eating with them and treating them like old friends. I don't know. <laughs> I'm in a mood today. I just, I just think it's good to get around people. You know what I mean? And the Pharisees and the religious scholars start growling and complaining. I, I don't know. We want Christianity so safe, so safe. If every one of your prayers answered, would you be safe and your food be blessed? If God answered every prayer of yours right now, would this city be different? I'm, I'm talking to myself too. Would souls be coming into the kingdom? Would revival be happening? Would, would thousands be coming to meet Christ and being pulled out of slavery from the devil? I mean, what would happen? What would my prayers look like? What would my boldness look like? What would my courage look like? What would my witness look like? What would my voice look like? I don't know. I just, I think we get so safe. The Pharisees complain and they grumble and their Jesus is hanging out. He says they eat with them. Religion always complains about the heart of God. Religion always grumbles about the heart of Jesus. It always grumbles. That's too much grace. That's too too much mercy that's too much love that's too much friendship with the world i don't get it like don't get near them 
Religion just can't stand it when we love people. And they say, hey, he receives sinners and he eats with them. It was interesting that he says he eats with them because eating with somebody in Eastern culture had kind of a mystical uh, union that would take place. So if you ate with someone, there was this union that happened. And so what the Pharisees were saying was, you're actually eating with them and accepting them and kind of having a union with their life, which is why communion is so powerful because when we take it, Jesus is accepting us in a way and it's this union with what he did for us. And so the Pharisees complain, but Jesus in accepting them and eating with them is saying this, I accept you and I receive you and I love you no matter what you've ever done and if you ever change. That's what he's telling them. I love you, I receive you, you're welcome into my family, you're hanging out with me, we're eating, I accept you like a friend, right? Like a friend, whether you ever change or not. Sometimes we don't love to befriend people unless we know we're going to get a little salvation, right? A little change. Like, where is it at? How, well, I've been hanging out with you for this long. Uh, let me say this. I'm going to say it a couple of times this sermon. If we believed God bigger, we could love people broader. If we would believe God bigger, that he's God, that he's in control, that the Holy Spirit really has this under the control, that he's going to reach people and that he's going to change their heart and he's going to clean them up, we could actually just be free to love. We could actually just be free to extend our life and joy and peace and, and laughter and love. And, and people would say, man, look at that church hanging out with those sinners, man. That's crazy. Can't believe people are coming up into church. Hi. I had a guy, I had, I had, a, I had a couple in the lobby over here a few months ago. They're walking down. Uh, she, he was fighting cancer. She was his girlfriend nurse. Uh, they, they, they hooked up at the hospital and uh, got a little hope together just in relationship and she was a little hippie from way back and uh, they told me how they loved listening to my sermons getting high together she goes we effing love your sermons man we, we drive to Chattanooga and get high and listen to you preach I'm like come on girl yeah I mean, come on, somebody, some, some religious person is going to hear this message and can, like, turn me in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, that's what they want to do to Jesus, man. He's hanging out with them, high-fiving them, they're, you know, they're loving them. And they're like, man, I can't believe that he would hang out with a person that is shacking up, living in sin, smoking dope and cussing in church. Yeah, I hang out with them and treat them like friends. That's what I do. I, I love people. Pharisees are grumbling and going after it and it triggers Jesus and he tells this parable it's weird because he says I'm going to tell you a parable a parable and then he tells three aspects of one story he starts it like this with the lost sheep four through seven suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and lost one wouldn't you leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the lost one until you found it and when found you can be sure you would put it across your shoulders rejoicing and when you got home calling your friends and neighbors saying celebrate with me i found my lost sheep count on it there's more joy in heaven over one sinner rescued life than over 99 good people in no need of rescue and then he says or imagine he shifts stories again but it's one story or imagine a woman who has 10 coins and loses one won't she light a lamp and scour the house looking in every nook and cranny until she finds it and when she finds it you can be sure she'll call all her friends and neighbors celebrate with me I found my lost coin count on it that's the kind of party God's angels throw every time one lost soul turns to God 
And then he shifts again and tells the story about the prodigal son or the, the lost son. And I'm not going to go through the whole story, but he's kind of correcting the religious son that's mad that he gave grace to the lost son. And he says, but this is a wonderful time for, for we had to celebrate. This brother of yours was dead and he's alive. He was lost and now he's found. Jesus says, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a parable. He kind of hammers down on the religious folks with this one story, but tells three aspects of it. Three aspects of one story. Three aspects of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He gives us three aspects of the heart of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In this parable, it's one story, but three hearts of God. Jesus is showing you and I that he is obsessed with lost stuff. The Father's obsessed with lost stuff. The Holy Spirit's obsessed with lost stuff. And Jesus is obsessed with lost stuff. And he tells these stories, the good shepherd. It's the heart of the son. It's the heart of Jesus, the shepherd that goes out looking for the one that's lost, even though 99 good ones are at home. Anybody lose something and you just can't get past it? Come on, you, lose, you could have your key. Or you just can't go on your key. Or if you lose five bucks, but you got 100. I'm like OCD. If I lose something, the day is over until we find it. My wife is upset. We're digging through the house. That's Jesus here. It says that he cannot rest, cannot settle. The heart of the son is to go out and find the one lost thing that's been lost, even though 99 don't need found. And he goes and he searches. And when he finds it, he throws it over his shoulder and comes back rejoicing. Man, I'm so glad I'm not Jesus. Because like when, when my dog gets lost, I come back angry. I grab her. I'm like, bad girl twisting the collar a little bit trying to choke the air off a little bit come on bad girl don't turn me in that's what that's what choke collars do that's choke they're training collars it's a training moment bad girl it says Jesus doesn't do that he finds the, the people lost in the slop throwing up all night in the bar all nasty puts them up on his shoulder and just comes on rejoicing we found them He's happy, man. I mean, that's the heart of God. How many times do we as a church see people come in? Come on, bad son, bad daughter, bad mom, bad dad. Like, mmm. Make and just not when we're supposed to like rejoice when they're they're coming back and they're hearts turning it says the lost coin a woman takes a light and it illuminates the house it's the heart of the holy spirit the light of the spirit the lady turns on the light sweeps the house searches for the coin finds the coin it's the holy spirit illuminating the hearts of mankind with a light searching for lost things and finding them and drawing them to jesus with the light of god and then the heart of the father an opened arm father welcoming in a lost son from the slop and the sin and the impurity and welcomes him back into his home and restores him to the proper inheritance without making him prove a thing and I just, I just think that we gotta understand the heart of God more like with people like there's so much division and so many things that we want to judge people on and so many levels of who's who and what's what and God's just saying I, I'm big enough Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to shepherd, to light up, and to embrace can you just love people? can you just welcome them in and eat with them and love them? and, and I think here, here, here's, what's, here's what happens it's so simple but it gets blurry and this is what I want you to do I want you to take your finger like this and, 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 just, and, what I, and just slowly begin to go and and, and just point it in between your eyes and get as close as you can get about a half an inch away right in the middle of your eyes just keep going keep going how blurry is everything getting right now come on you, you, can't, you can't see anything around you you're cross-eyed now 
And, and I think what happens why, why the mission of God gets so blurry for us loving people is because we begin to point so much at our problems and, and our pain. And if my wife would just cook better and if my husband would just put the seat down and if my kids would just obey and if I and if my, if my boss wouldn't just be such a butthole and you said it, I didn't. And, 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 if, and, if, and if they would just and if she would just and if he would just and, and if I could get through this and I, if my business and, and over and, and it just gets blurry. And it's hard to see the, the purpose of God and the mission of God around us. And, and it's human nature. I'm, I'm the same boat. I mean, just because I do this, you know, day in and day out doesn't mean that my vision doesn't get blurry and that I don't have to refocus sometimes and, and say, okay, God, what are you saying about the lost and the, and the city and humanity? And so, so here's a couple thoughts very simply to kind of refocus. Number one, refuel your heart. That'll help you get rid of blurred vision. Refuel your heart. What do I mean by that? Narrow the message and broaden the mercy. I would ask you in your belief system, narrow the message to Jesus. Jesus. Benevolent king, not a principle, but a person. Not a rule, but a relationship. One that's alive, that's well, that is extending his heart to humanity, that's not passing hurt people, that loves all. It's trying to reach all and that has mercy for all. It's the message of Jesus. We gather around it each week. We don't gather around agendas. There's plenty of agendas. There's plenty of political campaigns. There's plenty of stuff that's dividing us. But our message has to get narrower as the church. And we saw it in our own town. Some pastor shouting about gay people should die. And another pastor, it's on the news, you know. Another pastor shouting about this kind of, you know, sin is abortion and all. And all. just, I mean, listen, people don't, we need to love people. And what's our love quotient? Let me ask you this. Who is it that you don't like that God loves? Who is it that you don't think deserves mercy that God's trying to extend it to? I think we get grace amnesia like Jonah. Remember Jonah? He's in the whale. He's like, oh, God, save me. Get me out of the whale. Spit up seaweed on his head. He's like, kill them all, God. Kill Nineveh. I think sometimes we get grace amnesia like that, like, like God's delivered us and set us free and given us grace, and then we come out of the scenarios and we're like, man, the wicked sinners of the world. And, and I think I, I just ask you like don't take grace lightly like don't get familiar with the heart of grace or the heart of God to you Matthew 22 Jesus said it he goes man they went out and they gathered up all the people they could invite good or bad no difference they began to extend the fuel of their heart the energy of the heart into the mission of God into the purposes of God they had the right mix of fuel it didn't matter if people were good and bad they engaged with Christ's mission to inviting people to a safe place inviting people to the table this is the table where we're all gathered together as family and then, and then we come together and we celebrate and we worship and God wants us to be able to have the right mix in this thing a narrow, a narrow message Jesus in a broad mercy you know, you ever do like put the wrong fuel in your weed eater or your mower, right? The wrong mix. What happens? You just get smoke. It's a lot of smoke. If we have the wrong mix as a church, we'll just be smoke. We'll just, we'll just be smoke in the air to people. And God's saying, I need you to get the right mix. I want you to put mercy in my message together. I, I'll say it again. If we trusted God bigger, we could love people broader. And the second thing, and I'm gonna close and pray for you. Number two, refocus your energy. Number one, refuel your heart. Number two, refocus your energy. How do you refocus your energy? Put God's, God's concerns over temporary concerns. 
Whatever, whatever the temporary concern is right now, put God's concern over the temporary concern. Matthew 9, 37 says it this way. The harvest is plentiful, but workers are few. Let me just say this. I don't know how you're working for the gospel, but I pray to God you'd get on our team and join up and, and get into kids ministry and get into outreach. And if you need to get water baptized, get water baptized and serve in one of these teams and go out on an outreach this next week and partner in and, and make God's priority or God's focus, God's concern, your concern. Jesus said the harvest is plentiful. And what they said was, when he, when he said that, he goes, hey, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. They go, he, Jesus goes, but you say three months and then the harvest. It was, a, it was a local saying. It meant like, chill out. Calm down, pastor. We get it. Like, like just come on, three months and then the harvest. And Jesus says, but I say, lift up your eyes for the harvest is ripe and ready. What he was saying is, there's not a harvest problem, guys. There, there's not a sin problem. There's not a devil problem. There's a worker problem. And, and that's us. That's you and I together, teamed up as a family, like reaching our community, reaching our city, going out serving. And many of you serve and give your life and you're plugged in. But those of you that aren't, this is for you. <laughs> and I love you. And I just, I just think as his people, like, like refocus on, on, on the things and the priorities of God. I, I think the worker problem is real. And we're the harvesters, you and I. We're the leaders. And we need each other. I need you. And you need me. And we need each other big time. And Jesus says this, there's a lot of work that needs done. It's harvest time, guys. I don't know God's timetable, but it's not time to sleep. And in America, we get so distracted and it's easy to point the finger in. And we've got so many things that are good. But what's God's focus? What's God's agenda right now? I mean, we pray for revival. You know how we always like revival? We want revival. Come on, I think we're having revival in some, in some ways here. And I believe it's going to continue to increase and grow. But I, like, you know what revival is spelled? Work. Hard work. And you know why most churches don't grow? Because they won't do the hard work. They won't do it. And, and, and revival is not something out there. Revival is something in here, in our heart. What are we willing to do? What are we willing to sacrifice? What are we willing to work for? What are we willing to say? What are we willing to sign up for? What are we willing to go? What are we willing to do to see the work done of the harvest been brought in? Any farmers in here? Anybody grew up farming? Come on. The harvest is the hardest part, right? I mean, planting the seeds and tilling, that's hard work and all that. And watering, it's hard work. But, but, but the harvest, that's when the hard work really comes into play. And there has to be a time and a window when you get it in or it rots in the field. There's like an urgency on the harvest, God's saying. I think for you and I, that's why I'm preaching this today is because we, we're going out Saturday. It's like, I'm giving you the biggest opportunity to apply this message this Saturday. Meet some people, meet some new friends, uh, go out and love some people. Write this down. Spiritual maturity is when God's concerns become my concerns. A spiritual maturity. It's very easy to get distracted with temporary concerns. You know it is. You ever been in a restaurant or Starbucks or somewhere and it would never be you, but someone near you lost their temper with someone, the, the, the waiter or somebody that had a late meal or a cold, cold, cold meal. You ever had somebody like whack out and blow, blow their top way over the overboard of what should have been for like a cold cup of coffee or whatever? And you're like, well, okay, buddy, like I get it. Calm down. Your life is messed up. You know, I love you. Don't take it out on the waitress. You know what I'm saying? And then you're apologizing to the waitress and all that. Like, just whack out over over little things let me just say something to you man there's plenty of things to get whacked out over in life but but angry mean whacked out 
short-tempered people don't serve anybody or make a difference for God whacked out upset short-tempered people don't go out and change the world I just want to encourage you don't let your love for things get in the way of what God loves don't let the stuff you love get in the way of what God is doing that's eternal right now on the earth souls will live somewhere forever people will live either in heaven or hell forever it's real and we are the ones that God's entrusted to go no one else is coming got a couple more thoughts y'all with me still come on am I at transformation church or not come on Jesus I think we need to refocus to heaven I'm preaching to me right now I, listen I love entertainment I love I love you know all, all of that I love going out on the lake wakeboarding I, I love uh, you know cage fighting and, and working out and playing golf and I, I like every, all that stuff but, but this is like kind of messages kind of pinpointing me too it's summer we're getting back into harvest season in August September and God's just saying it's time to refocus a little bit it's time, it's time to get your priorities set a little bit. It's time to have a little bit of a shift. Matthew 6, 19 says it this way. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. What he's saying is this, that this planet is a very bad long-term investment. If you're a businessman or a businesswoman, this planet is a terrible long-term investment. And I promise you, if you're putting all your hopes and all your prayers into everything working out down here, you're going to be very discouraged, very depressed, and very schizophrenic a lot of your life. Because the reality is this place doesn't work out in the long run. There's a new heaven and a new earth and a new home. And if we really believed it, it'd be a different, different stress level different worry level different priority on our life you're like pastor come on we're the church we're at church don't beat us up i'm not beating you up i hope y'all don't feel beat up man i'm just i'm just saying like like there's people out there that are going to live somewhere forever and we get to go out and meet them this next week you meet them every day of your life i just just want to encourage you to kind of focus in and take the kind of the finger off and just begin to say you know what are you okay hey i see you kind of stuck in the crowd did you drop your ice cream did you open an umbrella too early? We don't believe in that, but we love Jesus. Come on. You know, I, I, just, I just think that's who we are. And so we're going to do that Saturday. As I close up today, I went to an Ice Bears game a while back. Anybody ever been to an Ice Bears game? And uh, yeah, come on. Coach Jeff Carr goes to our church here. Great guy. Works in our parking team. Amazing brother. And, uh, and um, I got been, been able to befriend him a little bit. And great leader and pray for him pray for the team it's a lot of pressure to lead a professional hockey team like that um and, and anyway i got to sit in a, in a box seat and it was kind of i mean it doesn't mean if you've ever sat in a box seat man it ruined me for the cheap seats i mean you're like down in the front you're you're, you're banging on the glass kick his face in you know kill him pucks are flying over the glass our kids are collecting pucks and, and it was an amazing experience when I sat in the cheap seats it was like all we had was this view of a girl with a cowbell in front of us going ding 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 here's the whole, the whole game I was ruined I didn't want to sit anywhere else besides the box at that point but what I realized the premium view requires a premium price it's very costly to sit down there and many of us want a premium view in our churches in our marriages in our families in our ministries in our businesses but we're not willing to pay a premium price 
And, and my prayer is that we would be ruined by the grace of God for, for the cheap seats, for sitting in the back, for sitting idle, for laying low. We'd be ruined, that we would be so ruined by the grace of God and that even today this message somehow would shift our priorities and we wouldn't just say, we're just gonna sit back and lay back. The harvest is ready. I'm gonna be ruined for the cheap seats. I'm willing, God, to pay the price to sign up and get involved, whatever it costs, whatever it's called for, so I can enjoy the view of God moving on the front row of people's lives. Man, God, move in people's lives. I promise you he's going to do that this week through your life. You have a gift. You have a word. You have a, a calling that's going to change someone's eternity. You might think, I don't have anything to offer. You do. And just a simple invitation or a simple, are you okay, will change the trajectory of somebody's eternity. Man, I think this is the week. Would you stand with me and pray with me? I was talking to a couple yesterday and they told me how they went to a ICU at the hospital a couple a year ago and began to pray for a couple and a big prayer meeting broke out in the ICU they just went around and started asking families hey can we pray for you can we pray for you and the whole families began to circle up in this big giant revival breakout prayer meeting happened in the ICU that's the front row that's the front row guys and I, I want to see you step into the front row what God's doing in your life and through your life let's pray Father thank you so much just shift our priority today um, Lord whatever that you need to drop away that I said to get through what you said do it right now God and, and, and Lord we just we just say we refocus Lord just remove the blurriness remove the judgment remove uh, anything that would hinder us from hanging out with lost people and hurting people and those that are crying in the crowd and don't, don't let us be the ones that just walk by God you said that we're the ones that have the keys the keys to the kingdom that we're the only ones going Lord I ask you by your spirit to give us a new fire a new priority a new vision for, for the lost and humanity and the hurting let us prioritize our marriages our hobbies our habits our monies our jobs our words our moments around the grace and glory of God for your kingdom and your cause Lord we commit to that as a family today no one looking around, heads bowed and eyes closed for a minute. Maybe you're here and you're, you're kind of like me, that, kind of the lost kid going, man, I just feel like I'm stuck in a crowd of chaos. I don't really have God in my life. I need to make a fresh start. I need God in my life. I need, you're talking about him as a father finding me. We've been praying for you and I believe that today's a day you can meet God. It's not religion. It's not rules. It's simply a man named Jesus that came and died for your sins, for your mistakes, for everything that you've been through. He's not judging or chastising you. He's just saying, hey, I want to be your father. I want to be your Lord. I want to be your leader. The Bible says if you would just surrender to him, say yes to him. If you recognize him as Lord and, and Savior, you get a fresh start in God. If that's you today, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up in a second. I'm going to count to, to three, and I'm not going to bring you forward or embarrass you, but I want to see your hand so I can pray for you. If you'd say, Jamie, include me in a prayer. I need a fresh start with God today. I'm ready to say yes to Jesus. I've kind of been lost in the crowd of chaos, and I need God in my life. One, two, three. Just put your hand up to me right now. I need a fresh start with God. Come on, God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, God bless you. God bless you, sir. Come on, I need a fresh start. I don't need religion. I don't need rules. God bless you. Come on, church. Pray with me right now. Extend your heart. If you put your hand up, extend your heart right now in this prayer. It's, it's not the words. It's not magic in my words. It's just, it's just God's heart and you just saying in your heart, from your heart, God, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, thank you for giving us a relationship with a good father in heaven. 
Thank you for finding us, no matter where we've been and what we've done. Not judging us, but going to that tree, that cross, and dying for us. And thank you for raising from the dead, Lord. Lord, remove all of our sin and shame and guilt. Every person that put their hand up, God, give a brand new fresh start today. Fill them with life by your spirit. Give them a new heart. Remove a heart of stone and a heart of coldness and put in a heart of life, the life of God. Remove guilt and shame and sin and accusation and give them your life and your word today. Lord, we commit and we say we'll serve you by your spirit the rest of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, give God another moment of praise. Lord, we love you. An awesome morning.